Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this week's Geek Town Radio. No co-host this week, so it's going to be a slightly different show. Uh, We're going to do two interviews. First up will be Evan Wise, who is the guy that wrote music for the Ratchet and Clank movie, which is out in cinemas right now. And uh, next, after that, we'll do Jeff Russo, who is the man behind the music for Fargo and the uh, upcoming TV series Time After Time which sees H.G. Wells using his time machine to chase after Jack the Ripper. Um, he also did the music for the miniseries Tut, which I think went out on Channel 5 over here um, earlier in the year. And um, he's also doing American Gothic as well, so he's a very busy guy. Uh, so first up, we've got the interview with Evan. Um, we'll do the interview with Evan, then the interview with Jeff, and then I'll do some air date updates for you. So um, his interview with Evan, as I say, he's the guy that wrote all the music for the uh, current Ratchet and Clank movie. Uh, so it's quite interesting because it's the first time we've we've spoken to somebody, I think, that, that's done um, purely animated stuff, um, particularly as this is an animation from a um, video game. So we kind of get into that. And uh, uh, yeah, he's a really lovely guy to talk to. So uh, here's Evan. I'll talk to you afterwards. Hi Evan, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Good, not too bad. It's uh, it's a lovely sunny day over here in England. So, <laughs> oh well, that's good. It's a little cloudy here in Los Angeles. So, uh... <laughs> oh, I was going to ask where you were. You're you're in LA. Yes, yeah. You're on to talk about your uh, your new and this is your first movie, is it? The... This is my first feature film. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, the Ratchet Ratchet and Clank movie, which I'm aware of the uh, I'm aware of the video games because I've played the video games quite a lot. So, oh great. Um, so yeah, do you want to do you want to just explain a bit about uh, the project? Yeah, well, um, I, I actually uh, got hired to uh, work as an in-house composer at a publisher. So uh, and they brought me on because I had a background in uh, film scoring, and that was my education: film scoring and uh, learning orchestral music, orchestration. Um, and I really, you know, worked to develop my own style uh, in that genre. So they they were trying to secure more uh, higher profile projects than just television that they were doing. Uh, so they were trying to get into feature films and things like that. So the, they they were able to secure this film, and um, they they got the contract to hire the composer. So I wrote a 
demo for the producers once this film came through that publisher and I was able and the the producers were really happy with it and liked the direction I was going and then I met with the director later on uh, Kevin Monroe and we hit it off really well and um then I started scoring the film, so kind of, kind of, kind of a smooth process, I guess. But uh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, it, it, I got hired probably about a year before I was. They were ready for me to work on it. So oh, wow, yeah. So um, so it was it was pretty early on, but um, I think the film had gone through maybe a couple of delays. So they thought that I would start earlier than than I ended up doing. But um, yeah, that's how that's how it basically happened. <laughs> So how did you uh, how did you get into composing in the first place? How, how did you decide this was what you wanted to do for a living? I actually started studying music a little bit later than most composers do. I was uh, 16 in, in high school and I decided I wanted to start taking piano lessons. And uh, so it was kind of late, later on, but um, I took to it really quickly. I started playing a lot of the classics and kind of you know, I was practicing a lot and uh, I really took to it and I wanted to study in college, but I realized that, oh, I don't have, I haven't been playing piano since I was four years old, you know, like <laughs> a lot of other <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, people did. Um, but I, 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 I went to school, studied, um, studied, uh, studied music in college and uh, I was at the time was thinking of going into symphony conducting. Oh, wow. So going that route, yeah. So I studied a lot of piano as well, but 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 then and and um, studied with a conductor, and but eventually I, I realized that I was more interested in the creative process of orchestration and and composition. Yeah. So I wanted to um, uh, go down that road a little bit more and and kind of develop my own sensibilities with that. So it's kind of a matter of, uh, in, in symphony conducting, you're more of a, a recreator of music. You know, cre- recreating pieces that are, have already been, you know, written. Yeah. Um, and in composition, of course, you're creating brand new um, works. So I have a I have a deep love for film as well. So my love for film and composition, I definitely wanted to pursue um, um, a career in film scoring. So that's kind of how that happened. And then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and it's and that was. Probably, I decided that pretty early on when I was around uh, 19 or so. So I've been working on a trajectory to score a feature film since I was 19. So <laughs> it's it's been a few years, but uh, I finally did it. So. Yeah, yeah, no, well, well done. You yeah. um, are you an LA native, or are, are you uh, from somewhere else in the US? No, no, I, I studied in uh, Seattle, Washington. Okay, um, yeah, so I studied up there for a long time, and then I was. I was um, um, working with a, um, just contractors and television contractors and music libraries down in Los Angeles. So I, I was making trips down uh, here from Seattle, uh, business trips, and then it got to the point where I was busy enough to make the move so I could start trying to pursue yeah. a feature film. Because you really have to be in Los Angeles to do that. I. I still think that's the case. Yeah, that that does seem to be the case, given the amount of composers that there are down there. Doing yeah, movies. yeah, yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, I mean, they say you can live anywhere, and technically you can because you, you're not going to see you know people every day. You're not going to see your director every day or the producers ever. But they, there's just a comfort level with being in Los Angeles. Yeah, and there's just uh, there's a community that you really have to be a part of in order to. Yeah, I think to to get started at least in the business. 
Yeah, I think like with most jobs, although the, you can do it from anywhere, people tend to like you to be able to, to go in and see them at the drop of a hat if they really want you to. And, you know, I, I think that's probably why. Um, so this obviously came out of a video game. Are, are you, uh, first of all, are you a particularly a video gamer? Uh, I grew up playing some video games. Uh, I, I had the original Nintendo when I was a kid, so we played Mario and Legend of Zelda and things like that. But um, <laughs> but I do, but but I, I, I didn't really ever get into these, you know, 100-hour, you know, long <laughs> video games that, that, they, that exist now. But I do remember... Um, when I was in college, the first Ratchet and Clank game came out and yeah. I remember the guys playing that in the dorm and I remember playing it a little bit and seeing it. So I've always been aware of the characters. Um, and, uh, you know, when the new games have come out, there's always been, you know, television commercials for it. And I've seen, I've had friends that have played it throughout the years. So I was pretty familiar with the characters by the time I, um, I uh, got around to you know getting hired to do the movie, so that was a it was it was exciting. Yeah, they obviously have m music already in those games. Are you in any way kind of um, integrating any of the music from the game into your score? We we didn't um, actually. We uh, we wanted to reset the 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 telling of the story, right? And uh, and kind of have the movie as a standalone. Um, uh, from the games. So we really wanted to create new themes, new character themes, which I don't really think the games do much because yeah. the, the games have been through several different, or a couple of different composers, I believe, and a couple of different genre changes also. Like the first game, I think, was really highly electronic, and then it moved to more cinematic uh, orchestral yeah. uh, music. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we we I, we just kind of wanted a fresh start, you know. Like, hey, here's you know, because there's a lot of new people that are being introduced to the to the series now. So, yeah. kind of re resetting it and and pulling out new themes for characters and um, uh, kind of a new direction. Is and of course, my orchestral sensibilities are going to be different than the game composer's sensibilities and all and everything. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there a game out coming along with the movie as well? I I wasn't quite. Sure. There, yes, there is, and I, I believe it's out now. Okay. Um, yeah, and and it's uh, evidently doing really well, and people are loving it. Um, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of the cutscenes in the game have uh, used the movie um, scenes from the movie. Ah, so, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a little misunderstanding with that since the game came out before the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think some people are thinking that the movie is just cut scenes from the game, but it's actually the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is your music gone back into being used in the video game as well? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. They they used um, the 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 exact scenes from the movie with my score in, okay. in the game. So my, my music's in the game as well. Okay, that's cool. But I believe there was another composer that scored um, most of the mo I mean all the game the, the the game action parts like the gaming parts of the of the score. Yeah, I mean it, that's a sort of slightly different skill set, I guess. Um, you, you know, because you're you're having to loop things more and and yeah there's a, there's a different structure to how that that music works i guess so yeah i would assume so I, i've never i've never scored a game um but i would assume that um there's there's less um transitional moments yeah I mean, there are a lot of transitions as things change you know characters hit a certain checkpoint and music changes and things like that but if you it seems like it's probably more um you have to keep things interesting on a loop 
Yes. Um, yeah. Or, and, and in the movie, that is definitely not the case. Things yeah. are constantly changing. This movie is very fast paced. So, um, you know, things were moving all the time. So I feel like the, the score was almost in a constant state of transition, which was challenging to write, but ultimately I think came up with a pretty, pretty um, interesting score to listen to. Do you have a go-to instrument when you start composing? I well, I I, I try to think uh, uh, in terms of the entire orchestra. So I try to look at the orchestra as the instrument that I'm that I'm writing for. Um, in this case, uh, but I do write on the piano and fleshing out themes and coming up with um, you know kind of the harmonic progression of where a scene is going or where a piece of music is going, and then it'll uh, later on go into the uh, or, uh, orchestration. Um, phase yeah yeah you're you're uh so yeah you you're sort of started you you do have an instrument as a starting point but but you're you're kind of trying to think of the whole thing as you're going through. yeah yeah and and uh and sometimes it helps if i think about just just the music at first just like i'm gonna you know i'm going to write this music on the piano here and then later on you you start to you know you have to have the orchestral knowledge to know where yeah. you know how it's going to fit within the orchestral landscape and then you can add a lot of other bells and whistles and ornaments and things like that as you go along. <laughs> so are you are you recording this with a live orchestra or are you sampling stuff yeah well um ideally you know it, it would end up with the um with the full orchestra recording recording the score um uh, so as you're writing though every every composer except for john williams i believe he still gets away with you know pen and paper and <laughs> because he's, just, he's john yeah. williams <laughs> yeah yeah so he you know they, they 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 trust him he's done he you know he has a, a body of work that they you know they they don't need to know what it's going to sound like before they hit the sound stage but every other composer um has to create a mock-up what's called a mock-up yeah um, but with the, with the final thing, is that is that all, all, all uh, fully done with an orchestra? Are you are you conducting oh, things? So specifically on on this on this film on, on this film, yeah. Uh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, uh, the I was under the impression, and uh, the director was too, and and we we were we were working towards that. We had, you know, I had a. Um, a contract, an orchestral contractor ready to go, an orchestrator, music editor, and um, uh, quotes from you know orchestras to 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 record the score, and uh, we just kind of got into a situation where multiple constraints um, kind of prohibited us from doing that. Right, this film, which was pretty upsetting to me because uh, you know it was <laughs> I, I sacrificed a lot to to do this score yeah um, and uh, but you know ultimately I had to go back we were able to do some workarounds to you know make it make it punchier um, you, you know and uh, had it mixed really well and um, kind of sweeten it with some other things and um, ultimately I'm, I'm happy with the way that it sounds and I'm happy with the with the level of writing that I was able to do for it, but it would have been a completely different experience to yeah. if we had been able to record it with a full orchestra. So yeah, so, that, I mean, that's something that it would, that would have made the score um, much richer sounding, but ultimately it's, it's, it's fairly decent for where, where it is in my opinion. Yeah. So, so what, what did you end up doing? Was it sort of samples or small groups or? Yeah, a little, a little of everything, but really in the, in the, in the uh, mixing stage, 
um, that's where they uh, the the mixer Adam Schmidt that that I used. Um, he was able to really make it sound like it was, I mean, recorded as a cohesive ensemble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, yeah. I mean, you know the that the you know what we did with this score couldn't have been pulled off probably ten years ago. Yeah. So uh, this stuff is you know the sampled orchestra is just getting better and better, and um, I hope it doesn't replace the, yeah. the you know putting everybody in the room. But I think at the at the time, what what what's also happening is that you're you're seeing guys that are able to record with full orchestra. Their music sometimes is less impressive, but it's because it's with the full orchestra. It just sounds so grand, yeah. you know. So I think that at the end of the day, it's still going to come down to the ability of the composer's ability to write and orchestrate, and you know how it's. How it's presented to the orchestra. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think that does make a huge difference. I mean, I've I've listened to there's a couple of little bits of of um, your score up on there, and that's sort of why I was asking because it, it, it's difficult for somebody who's not completely musically trained as me to to um, to actually kind of distinguish the difference sometimes. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I know, and I mean, some people can tell right away, and some people. You know, it's like, wow, that sounds, you know, when you compare it to other scores that are out there, I mean, it's, you know, orchestral scores, it's, it's not far off. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it sounds, it sounds great from the little bits I've heard. It, it sounds really good. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's just, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it, it's just more experience, you know, when you get to have a full orchestra there. And yeah. But which, I, which I have done in the past. So, um, I do have that, that background and, um, ability <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, I mean it must be must be nice being able to kind of break out the conductor's button and actually kind of get into it so sure so what would you say is the most interesting experience you've had working so far either on this movie or, or previously oh uh, well i i guess it it's it's always good when you when you have to push yourself and uh so i think that that's been the most interesting thing is just kind of my kind of my musical abilities or knowledge or, you know, orchestral, uh, findings, things that I'm doing with the orchestra that I, that I haven't done before. Th those are the most interesting things to me is, uh, is, is really, you know, marrying something to the picture, um, of the film while I'm writing and then coming up with, with uh, new and inventive kind of orchestral, uh, textures. Um, so that that uh, yeah to me that's the most interesting part of, of what i do yeah yeah the uh I, I always find that that kind of i don't know i the the idea of just being able to kind of look at look at a a screen and see things moving around and going it should sound like this really still blows me away <laughs> yeah and, and, and trying to not make it so cliche <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no. so you're not trying to you know copy what everybody else before you has done and there's so much that's been done now it's 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 difficult to keep it fresh but um, I, I think that there's a, there's kind of a sweet spot. You don't want to do anything too out of the box, but you definitely want to lend your personal voice as a composer to to the film's music. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if you weren't a composer, what career do you think you'd be doing? Uh, yeah, symphony conducting. <laughs> symphony conducting. Yeah, symphony conducting. Yeah. So still, still music. There's there's 
There's no nothing that wouldn't be music. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be a dentist or anything like that. So you know, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I would have gone the symphony conductor route. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've you've done uh, some TV work as as well, haven't you? You've you've done uh, bits and pieces for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've done I've worked in a lot of television, um, a lot of. Um, Discovery Channel uh, documentary series um, back when I was first getting started, and uh, which wasn't too long ago. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been I've been working kind of professionally since around 2006. So okay. um, about ten years. Yeah, about ten years. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, yeah. So I, and I've I've worked on a lot of um, um, advertising and trailers, uh, movie trailers, and things okay. like that too. So it's. It's a it's a it's a lot of music, but that I've put out there. But I but I find that the work that I've been able to do with the film is um, probably the most enjoyable because I have the picture with me. I'm able to kind of create my own sound for the entire project. So I'm not working with other composers. So uh, I definitely enjoy that aspect of working on the film. Creating music for trailers must be kind of a, an interesting experience because. Are you create? Are you creating like original things for that, or are you kind of um, using bits that from somebody else's film, or how how does that work? No, I think that yeah, the trailer world is interesting. Um, when I when when I was working for some advertising um, music companies that were you know had me work on some trailer stuff. Uh, some trailers, I, I, or trailer music. I, I think that I was trying. I was trying to put kind of my sound into it so the the stuff that I, the trailers that i have been on is much more orchestral oriented right. um but uh, yeah but i don't get into like the sound design sound effects that trailers kind of are in now uh, because i think in a lot of trailers now there really isn't a lot of you know to you know i i, I don't want to say it's not music but it seems to be a lot more sound effects and sound design yeah. oriented that you know big you know percussion hits and things like that rather than full pieces of music yeah yeah they're doing that or or they they um in the case of the the suicide squad squad trailer that they released recently was it um bohemian rhapsody that they used on one and there was something else they used on one of the others so they tend to go for pop music (laughs) yeah yeah and that that can happen too you know so i mean uh, the 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 parts of the studios that you know, they, they have marketing departments that put those trailers together for the most part, I, yeah. I, I assume. So, yeah, it's a totally different animal. Uh, and what a lot of people were wondering with me, were, they were, a lot of my friends were asking, you know, what, oh, why isn't your music for the score in the trailer for the Ratchet and Clank uh, movie? And I told them, you know, that never happens unless it's something real recognizable like Star Wars or Jurassic yeah. Park, you know, where the, the music from the film is established as part of that franchise. Yeah. You know? So scores hardly ever um, end up in trailers uh, for the movies. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I'd never really noticed that before, but I guess that, yeah, that's true. Um, well, you- usually, uh, usually also because the trailer comes out before the score is ever written. So yeah. that might have something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, you, do you have a, a, a preference for working on, on TV or film? Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to do more film. Uh, I, I mean, there's great things happening in television, uh, for sure. Uh, if you can get on a, you know, a, a series that's, that's very compelling and interesting, um, I would love to do that. But I, I really like animation. Um, scoring animation is, is a different 
kind of a different animal. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's very different than scoring live action, and um, I enjoy it a lot. I've, I've I've been able to do you know a fair amount of it, and I would like to do more. But I also uh, really um, enjoy doing dramas and creating kind of a landscape for telling a story rather than having to tell action. Yeah, you know, which I think is more well. I mean, you're telling a story in animation, but. You know, in in a in a dramatic yeah. setting, yeah, you, yeah. In live action, you're 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 helping the story be told, not yeah. so much, you know, Mickey Mousing around with the, <laughs> yeah. you know, with, yeah. with, the with the instruments. So. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, do you have a particular genre of music which uh, you listen to a lot? Yeah, I mean, I like a lot. Of, I mean, I like a lot of different kinds of music. Um, I, I'm constantly listening to a lot of different kinds of music to see kind of where harmonic trends are going or, or just kind of what textures and thickness people are listening to. Uh, but, uh, you know, when, when it comes down to it, uh, I listen to a lot of orchestral music. Uh, Mahler is my favorite composer. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I really feel like he broke out from this uh, Beethoven shadow that a lot of guys were under bef right before him. Yeah. And uh, Mahler really, because Mahler was a conductor, you know, so he, yeah. uh, so he was able to kind of take the orchestra in a new direction. And the, you know, the, the players hated his music at first. They thought it was too difficult and very new, but, but I think that without him, you know, I've, I'm scared to think where orchestral music might be today. So, um, yeah, yeah, it might, it might not have, I mean, somebody would have, you know, pushed it along, but he was really the one that pushed it along, you know? So, yeah. um, his yeah. music's very different than people that have come before him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'd have a lot of kind of Beethoven ripoffs, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like sometimes we're, we're in, in not so much in the concert world, but sometimes in the, um, yeah. in the film world that, that, tends to happen just because of the romantic the romantic kind of sound that yeah it's there you know yeah. but not so much Beethoven because he his music is a little I mean he is the bridge between classical and romantic music so yeah we don't have a music history lesson now but <laughs> <laughs> so uh what are you doing next uh yeah good question um uh right now I'm just kind of working with my agent to we're we're demoing on some stuff and um uh he's working to kind of secure another film for me. So that's really where I, where I want to go. But I have a few things in the pipeline, but nothing, um, nothing I can really talk about yeah. just yet, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully soon. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely open to, to doing, to doing anything. I just, um, yeah, just, uh, keeping busy and, um, wanting to keep writing music. So. Cool. Um, one final question that we, we ask everybody, which is, um, we cover a lot of TV on the site. So are, are there any TV shows you're watching at the moment or, or anything that you like to compose for or like the music in? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I would love to do an animated series. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that would be really fun just to be doing a weekly animated, um, you know, cartoon that I could lend an orchestral voice to. I think that would be terrific. Uh, specifically, though, I don't know. I, off the top of my head, I know, and, and I'm not watching a lot of television right now. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not really, yeah, I'm, I'm really not watching a lot of television. No, no, right now, ne so. no Netflix box sets yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely not yet. But um, yeah, I, yeah, that's a good question. I just realized, well, I'm also a big baseball fan, so I watch, a, I watch ah. the Dodgers. So <laughs> when the Dodgers are on, I'm, I'm, I'm watching that and not watching, you know, 
See, I, 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 I thought, I thought, given Game of Thrones has just come back, that that had to be a surefire one, but not uh, even. Yeah, the- yeah. You know, I, I actually, I, I've watched some of it, but um, that's, I, I'm not, I haven't watched a whole lot of that. I've, I've seen a fair amount of the episodes, but I, I, it never, it never got to me where I needed to watch it all the time. <laughs> but oh, well. no offense to anybody that loves it, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it is a great show. Um there's there's so much good TV out there at the moment and there's so much stuff that is getting so much more cinematic in the way that it's put together as well. So, you know, both musically and on screen. So, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, I I think orchestral music is is really alive um right now because I I I think a lot of um people doing hybrid scores, there there's so much to pull from from other um, I mean, I mean, people are using kind of the same sounds. So when you get to the orchestra, you recognize it as orchestra. But it's interesting how every different composer has has a different way of arranging it. You, you know, arranging their their sound. So yeah, um, I think there's a, there's always there's always more to be said with just a pure orchestra. Thank you for coming on and talking to me. It's uh, been really really nice to talk to you. Hopefully, we'll get to talk to you again next time you uh, have a film app. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully that'll be pretty soon. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, thanks again, Evan. Yeah, thank you so much. Cheers. Uh-huh. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Evan. Hope you enjoyed that one. Next up, we have an interview with uh, Jeff Russo. Uh, Jeff, we've spoken to a number of times before. He is the man behind the music for Fargo. We get into uh, a bit about the changes between Fargo season one and season two, uh, the season two soundtrack, which has just come out. We also talk about season three, which they're just about to start work on, uh, which they've just announced there's got Ewan McGregor in the lead. So there's... uh, there's that coming up and get a couple of little bits of information about that we talk about tut which is the mini series he did and how he came up with the music for that and also a little bit about time after time which is this uh, this new show about hg wells it's a time travel drama about hg wells and jack the ripper so here's uh, jeff he's always fun to talk to he's always been a good guy so uh, so yeah here's the interview with jeff i will give you a few air date updates afterwards Hi Jeff. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. good. I'm I'm good, thank you. It's nice to be talking to you again. It's been about it's been about 12 months I think since we spoke. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous 2-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Last Good. time, so. <laughs> In a year, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, how have things been? How have the last 12 months been? Um, busy. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we were finishing up, uh, we finished up, uh, Fargo two. Yeah. Um, and in that time I've done a, a bunch of other projects. Um, so it's been, it's been a little bit, it's been harrowing, but really great. And like, you know, sort of certainly creatively fulfilling and, uh, 
it's 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 really been fun. It's been a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah, you, and they've they've just been a few announcements about Fargo Three as well, haven't they? So, um, are you are you doing the third one as well? Uh huh. Awesome. That's so. Uh, you're looking forward to writing for you and McGregor. <laughs> Somebody has asked me to sneak in some theme from one of the Star Wars. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you got, you, surely you can get like, you know, a lightsaber noise or something in there. Just, just somewhere buried. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you, do you know, uh, do you know much about it? I mean, is the, is, have you got a script now or? I, well, I've had a script for a while. Oh, cool. Um, but uh, I can't really talk about it. No, no, no. I I thought that would probably be the case. Um, I don't know. What they, have they announced a time period for it yet? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's 2010. Okay. So so yeah. we're going we're going forward again. We are forward from both seasons. It's um, forward in time from season one and season two. Oh, cool. Excellent. I will, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I love you, McGregor. He's brilliant. So uh, so really, such a great such a great actor. I was very very excited when I heard that he was being. They were talking to him. Yeah, and he's he's playing two characters as well, which is an interesting idea. So um, he's, yes, he's playing his own brother. Yeah, <laughs> which is I love that. That's a great idea. I like that. Should be really interesting. Um. For um for Fargo two, your soundtrack album is out now, isn't it? For for that, just came out. Okay, cool. Yeah, like a month ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I was I was listening to to that earlier on um uh, Spotify because it's a, around on Spotify and I think it's on Amazon as well. So uh, so you can get hold of it. Um, yeah, it's it's really nice. You've got a number of um things going with. Uh, I noticed with the USC Drum Corps. In that, uh-huh. in that, which I thought was interesting. How'd that come about? Well, you know, it was really funny. Noah and I were talking about, you know, I, I had to develop all new themes for this season. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things that we started with, you know, when, when we were talking about music for the second season. And, you know, I was like, well, what about this theme? What about that theme? And what we decided was that most of the music I wrote for season one, obviously, other than, you know, a few pieces were so tied to the um, to the characters um, that they really didn't feel like they worked in season two. Yeah. So I had to develop all new themes. But one of the themes that we liked that we wanted to we wanted to um, we wanted to carry over to the to the second season um, was this idea of of percussion and rhythm. You know for um, for I mean, kind of, I want to say for the bad guys, but really, in Fargo, are there any bad guys? <laughs> yeah, that's that's sort of debatable, I guess. With Fargo, right? I, I mean, is it like so? It's it's always really a story about good versus evil, but you know, everybody has a side to their story, so yeah, you don't know who's what or what's who. In, in any case, so in, in doing that, I felt like we 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 talked about like what about doing some sort of um, marching drum thing and I was like oh that's really that's a really good idea why don't I try to sketch something out and then at that time I called I called over to USC and said would would they be interested in coming over and playing this this piece (laughs) and they they freaked out they were like yeah so you got these you got these like 12 
12 um, 19 year old dudes in the studio who were so excited to play because they were big Fargo fans to begin with yeah. and they're basically their kids and um, and it, it was just it turned out so great it turned out fantastic that I did um, I did three pieces with them <laughs> and it ended up being so great. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's funny with, um, with, with drums, you don't, they're not the first thing you come to mind as being melodic or musical, you know, melodic in, in a, in the way that they sound. But the, when you, when you put them all together like that, you, you, you get this really interesting kind of melody coming through of, of, you know, just from the drum sounds, which is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, like one, one of the first instruments I played was, was drums and, and they're, you know, drums are very musical, but they, more than being very musical, I, I feel like drums in general relate to the human condition yeah. um, really well. And people, it, it like it can it can provoke a guttural reaction from people on an emotional level, and I think that's why um, percussion can be so can be so effective when when trying to um, when trying to pull emotion out of people and and pull a feeling out of people, and that's I think that's why it's so effective in in Vargo. Yeah, I mean it's I, I, it's interesting you saying that it connects so much you know it resonates so much with the the sort of human emotion because i mean i suspect drums were probably one of the early one one of or if not the first musical instrument that was ever probably invented certainly it's just a bunch of people banging on right like that's the that's the beginnings of percussion probably the beginnings of music is just people like just banging on stuff yeah And, and that's why i think it can relate to to people on such a deep deep level yeah it's um it, it's it's really fascinating. They're great tracks, those. They've come out just wonderfully well. They're really kind of intense and, you know, work really well, I think. One of the things you you did for this, which I don't think you did for the first season, was you wrote specific... Um, they're actually named on the soundtrack as character themes. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's like... Um, Interestingly enough, a few of those character themes changed from from the uh, from the original ideas that I had. Right. Um, there is there's a um, there's a piece of music in it, uh, it on the on the soundtrack called uh, what is it? It's called. Well, wait. I'm just trying to. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got the list in front of me. I should put that up, really. My gosh, hold on. Let me let me figure it out. Let me uh, let me pull it up because you'll find this interesting. Because because I originally wrote themes for characters that I I imagined were going to have a bigger part in the in the show. Yeah. Um, and then you know Noah Noah makes a decision to. Uh, kill people. (laughs) So, um, okay. So the, the, the theme death by typewriter. Oh yeah. Yeah. So death by typewriter was originally skip Sprang's theme and skip in the first episode that I read, which had changed pretty drastically from, from the original to, to what we ended up shooting and what we ended up having. Yeah. Um, skip had a, had a, a sort of bigger role in the beginning. Right. So I wrote a theme for him and, uh, well then it changed. <laughs> um, and then the, then there's, um, 
there's a there's a, a piece called Simone and Charlie, um, and that piece was originally written for them, but uh, in fact it got used in many other different ways. Ah. Um, you know, and, and the same with, with the theme that actually is called Skip Sprang, which got written um, to picture for the first season uh, for, in the first episode. And then that sort of ended up being used in different ways later in the season as well. Um, and then, of course, Lights in the Sky was my um, my theme for the aliens. Yeah. Um, and. You know, we use that in many different ways. But yeah, you are right. Like I, I did, I did take more time and more care in um, in making the themes that I was writing apply to specific characters, um, as opposed to being more general. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I suppose some of that shifting around comes from the fact that that um, you, you sort of do it s- slightly differently to a lot of composers that I know in that you you'll write from the script and then go back and tweak things based on the picture afterwards. Yeah. Well, you know, I do, I, I think I do both. You know, I, I write a lot of thematic material before we have picture to the script. And then I have to write also music to yeah. the picture. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there was, I, you know, all that drumline stuff was done to picture. Ah. And then a lot of the Gerhardt themes were written to picture, um, uh, what else? The well, the the Sioux Falls main title, which is uh, happens just at the very beginning, yeah, was was done to picture, but it was a theme that had already been written because that's obviously a you know reimagination of the main theme, right? Yeah, from from season one, yeah, uh, and then stuff like Hansi kills Floyd, um, and and all of these other ones were written to picture, um, and even Peggy and Ed. Uh, was a theme that was written to picture. Okay. Um, and then a lot of them were written before, you know, Dodd's theme, Rise, or not Rising, but the Year Two Murder theme, um, Massacre, Lights in the Sky, those were written prior. The themes were written prior. And then, of course, I write the cues based on those themes. Yeah. 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 So, um, I noticed obviously it was it was set in uh, 70s the show you managed to get at least one 70s kind of funk track in there which <laughs> <laughs> I, I was very pleased with it's <laughs> very good <laughs> well, that, was, that was like I, I sort of I begged to be able to do that um, you know I was like I really want to do like a horn you know sort of more funky 70s sounding piece for the score um and we ended up doing it. I, I ended up writing a, a pretty big piece of music that never ended up in the show <laughs> um, that I considered putting on the soundtrack, but then ended up not putting on the soundtrack. Right. Um, and I may, I may put that up somewhere at some point, but um, oh, cool. we ended up using it in the show because we, there was just no need for it. You know, and that's obviously sometimes the, sometimes the downside of writing music prior is um, – you know, occasionally it's like, oh, well, this just is, we have no use for this right now. Yeah. And, I love this, yeah. but there's nowhere to put it. <laughs> That's that. And that has happened. That happened in season one, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's must be slightly annoying. But, you know, I don't know that it's annoying. I just, I feel like it's not annoying. It's just unfortunate yeah. because yeah. You know, every piece of music that you write is something that's near and dear to you, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, of course. Um, I noticed one of the tracks, uh, Herman's Malt, on, uh-huh. on Spotify had a had a little Gustav Mahler tab uh, like thing tag next to it. Yes, because I quoted I, I quote Mahler's um, Mahler's uh, Symphony Two. Ah, that's what it was. I thought that's probably was obviously wasn't a collaboration because he's not been around for an awful long time. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there, there was something that we we really liked about. Um, that particular piece of music that I really liked as well. So, you know, composers occasionally will quote each other. And I, I, I just, I quoted him, you know, I quoted, um, I quoted a, a single bar line from, from that piece. And it, it just felt right because Mahler is a very German composer. The Gerhards were very German. Yeah. So we were trying to do this very German we were trying to do this very German feeling score, you know? Yeah. So as, as a, I mean, as a, as a tip of my hat, I wanted to just make sure everybody knew, okay, I quoted him there. Yeah. It's, it's still, in my opinion, a very original piece of music. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I was giving credit where credit was due. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely get that. It's, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of like a like a classical version of sampling, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, um, but but yeah, I I just uh, I I thought that was probably the case with that. But um, um, so where where are you at with season three? Are you just starting season three now? Well, um, we just. We're, we're just getting, we're just getting there really. Right. <laughs> so, um, as, as we're, as we're getting there, um, I will, I will, uh, start to write. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that'll be done to, to script and then to, to picture later, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the shows you did uh, sort of in between doing your Fargo stuff was Tut. Um, yeah. So, awesome. yeah, we, uh, we, did you do that? You did the whole soundtrack for, for that. Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, main title sequence for that. Again, it's quite a lot of sort of drums and strings um, with that. Was there any sort of Egyptian influence to it uh, when you wrote it or, or were you sort of trying to stay away from that? How, how did it, how did you sort of land on the sound for it? Um well, you know, it was it was sort of the idea was to do this big epic score that was in the in the um, in the style of these big you know swords and sandal movies from the sixties and seventies and fifties and forties yeah. even. Um, and in doing that, just I, I thought about these big horn passages and these big drum passages, and you know, that's I, I think that's how I sort of fell upon that kind of thing for the main title. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the visuals for it are stunning as well. I was watching a, a thing earlier um, for the, the you know, so they, they uh, it, it really came together nicely. That title sequence. You've got you, you still still on power as well. That's still going. Yes, I, I am still doing power as well. That, um, we're just finishing up season three now. We'll be starting season four probably in January or February. Cool, cool. That that's all going okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the kind of it's a it's a much different score than than Fargo and and any and these other sort of more orchestral scores. It's it's definitely a way more subtle electronic and emotional score as opposed to really having a big musical impact from from the score. Yeah. So, uh, 
that so it's a, it's just a different type of thing for me yeah i mean it, it must be nice i mean you get quite a lot of variation i guess in, in the fargo stuff but it must be nice nice having a continuing show that is a very different you know or two continuing shows that are very different sort of animals it's really interesting you know i my my um the thing that i really like about it is i get to jump back and forth between different musical styles and that's something that's very sort of artistically meaningful for me yeah you've got or you're listed on imdb as writing the music for time after time as well which is yeah which is i i, I did the pilot um, and then the pilot got picked up. So we'll, we'll see what happens with, um, with that. We, that was a sort of a very, um, whirlwind situation <laughs> as pilots tend to be. Yes. <laughs> In this particular case, we like wanted it to be this big sort of cinematic thing. So I did it with a big orchestra and, um, it was a lot of fun and we'll, we'll see how, how we're going to manage to, um, to, to do that week to week. Uh, because that's it's a it's a lot of music and it's it's a it's sort of a big score, you know. Yeah, with with continuing shows like Power or Time After Time, um, right. you get the, the, you're you're in a situation where um, th- there's no dramatic shift necessarily from one season t- to the next so you can build up a bit more of a library whereas with fargo they're, they're so different from fargo season one and season two and season three yeah you know certainly with fargo it's like it's a different story every year so yeah we different score every year and yeah in a show like like um like power um the the sound of the show and the themes are they're they're similar now i'm adding new themes and losing themes as we move forward from season to season because things change the narrative is basically the same and because of that yes i can build up way more of a library and i can pull from thematic material from season one for season three um and it's meaningful narratively so and i do that yeah yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully that makes your, because, I mean, you're, what, that's three shows ongoing now? Well, ongoing at the same time. Like right now I'm working on a, on a series um, for CBS called American Gothic. Oh, right, uh, okay, yeah. It, it, which is which is an interesting, which is an interesting show. Yeah. Um, and that's the only thing I'm working on right now, other than I'm working on a top secret uh, pilot with Noah at the moment um, that you'll hear about at some point. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm sure you can Google like what the things that Noah is working on. Uh, I will have to go and have a look. <laughs> yeah. so we're doing that and then we're going to get into Fargo 3 and then, you know, time after time we'll begin at the end of the summer. Okay. Um, and I just finished a movie um, with Stanley Tucci, which was a really interesting sort of, you know, emotional indie movie, which I really had a good time writing. But um, I just wrapped a big miniseries for HBO, which um, which airs in Ju- in July. It's called The Night Of. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I saw that. And I, I saw that on your uh, your IMDb and I, I thought I hadn't seen it. So. <laughs> it, it used to be called Crime. It was based on a British show called Criminal Justice. OK. And um, and it it stars. um it stars a, a number, a number of British actors as well as John Turturro. Uh, it, it will, it's, it will be great. I mean, it's, it's such a great thing. Um, so, just jumping back a bit, you're doing American Gothic at the moment. How, how's, uh, how's that coming along? Um, um, it, it's great. What, what sort of, uh, what sort of style in, is that in terms, terms of the, the sound? I, 
I would say it's sort of, there's a dramatic television element to it, but I tried to make it a way more sort of small chamber type score. Um, so I, I, I have strings and woodwinds and it, it has a, it has a, um, I want to say sort of contrary to the title, <laughs> I would say it's a little bit of a British chamber score. Okay. And, and I know that that's sort of opposite of, of the title being American Gothic, but um, I wanted it to have more of a, a bit of a European style um, small orchestra score feel. Oh, interesting. Okay. So uh, a few list, little last questions. Um, any re- musical recommendations at the moment? Anybody you've been listening to? Anyone that I've been listening to. Huh. <laughs> interesting. You know, I, I write so much music i i i'm i haven't really been listening to a lot in the way of pop music right occasionally my kids will be listening to music and i'll be like oh that's pretty cool i i've been so i was obsessed with a record by an artist named borns um okay that i i i there was something about the sound of the record that i just really loved i really really loved and i listened to that um a good for a good amount of time um other than that it's like when when i leave the studio i kind of try to turn off my musical brain <laughs> you know what i mean yeah no i i could entirely understand that because it sort of i suppose it's work kind of <laughs> you just got to try and kind of you know shut down um and um what about tv shows any tv shows you've managed to catch recently well you know again it's like since i work watching movies and TV all day. I, I don't really watch that much. Um, I, I, so no, there, I, I really have nothing that I've been like really paying close attention to. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of, I watch a lot of, um, I, I watch so much TV here <laughs> when I'm <laughs> working that I try not to watch too much in the way of television. Um, I don't want to be influenced, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't really want to be influenced by it. Um, but, uh, should have a special composer's version of Netflix where they take all the music out. So <laughs> that's funny that you say that. Um, you know, I, I was, I was watching house of cards, yeah. um, of Netflix, uh, for a while. I, I haven't caught up on season four yet. Yeah. So I'm really, I, I'm not really up on that, but, um, but other than that, I, I, oh, well, I watched, um, Zach Galifianakis show, um, on, on, uh, on FX that's called, Cl- I think it's called clowns, um, okay. which was really good, really funny. Cool. Uh, and, uh, you know, occasionally it's funny, like occasionally I just want to turn off my brain. So I'll watch something like the blacklist, which is just, <laughs> you know, like just, fun oh, like just a fun show to watch yeah it's that's such a fun show and james spader's so good in it yeah and i i really love james spader and i i've, I've loved him uh and his acting for such a long time that that you know I'll, I'll i'll turn off my brain and watch that show and be very entertained yeah yeah um I don't know. I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's, that's a good list. I, I, I think, you know, uh, Blacklist is a great show and House of Cards is a great show. So, all right. Well, it's, it's great to talk to you again. Um, hopefully, I, I imagine we'll probably talk again in another 12 months' time. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> all right. Oh, sure. Brilliant. Cheers. Thanks, Jeff. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. 
that was the interview with Jeff. Hope you enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to time after time coming out and seeing Hugh McGregor play two people in Fargo. That sounds like it's going to be good fun. Just to finish off, I'm going to give you a few air date changes because there's there's been a few things lingering from uh, all the carnage and destruction of the pilots coming out last week and all the changes in the US. So there's those coming up and uh, some stuff to look out for on TV next week. First up, a few cancelled series which you might not be aware of. Uh, Aliens, or The Aliens, which is the E4 show, has been cancelled and won't be coming back for a second season, um, which is a shame because it was it was good fun and it's, it's uh, a shame to see British sci-fi disappear, but... Uh, Unfortunately, the ratings were were pretty awful towards the end, so there's not really a lot you can do about that. Secondly, Limitless, which is a show I absolutely love. It's on Sky One. Uh, CBS have cancelled it on their network, although they are trying to shop it around to somebody else's network because they do own the, the actual rights to the show. I doubt it will get picked up somewhere else, but it was it was a great show, and I'm I'm really sorry to see that go. So that's a bit of a shame. Um, few air date changes. We've got Preacher, which is an AMC show, which we've mentioned a number of times. We finally know where that's coming. It landed on Amazon Prime um, two days ago, actually. So uh, you can now go on and watch the first episode of Preacher. There's a bit of a gap between the pilot and the upcoming episodes. I think the upcoming episodes are on the uh, 6th of June after that, and then it'll be weekly. So uh, there's that coming up. We've got return dates for Vampire Diaries, finally. Uh, Vampire Diaries Season 7 B returns on the 8th of June at 10pm on ITV2. The other show which I wanted to highlight was uh, Chicago Fire Season 4. Comes to Sky Living on the 9th of June at 9pm as well. So that's coming back. Um, I know those are a few shows that people have been kind of anxiously waiting for. Uh, Oh, and New Girl. New Girl Season 5, 2nd of June at 9pm as well. So those are, are a few uh, changes um, coming up. A few things coming next week on TV. You've got The Catch Season 1, which is the new Shondaland series from Shonda Rhimes. Uh, it's about a fraud investigator who's poised to become the victim of fraud by her own fiancé. It's been trailered all over the place. That's coming to Sky Living on the 26th of May at 10pm. You've got uh, Neil Game's Likely Stories, which is a mini-series coming to Sky Arts on the 26th of May at 9pm. So if you're into Neil Gaiman, that could definitely be worth watching. Uh, season 2 of Bloodline starts on Netflix on the 27th. Uh, Musketeers is back for its third and final series, and that's on the 28th of May at 9.30pm on BBC One. Uh, BBC Two uh, sees the se- first season of the new Top Gear come to BBC Two on the 29th of May at 8pm, so that will be one to watch out for and decide whether you're going to stick with it or not. And Scream Season 2 coming to Netflix on the 31st of May. Uh, So if you're into the Scream series, you need to go and watch that. And that's everything for this week. Uh, Hopefully normal service shall be resumed next week. If you want to see the latest air dates over the uh, course of the week, you can always go to geektown.co.uk If you want to get in touch directly you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk you can um, find us on twitter at 
Geek Town or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geek Town or on Instagram at uh, Geek Town UK. Also, don't forget on iTunes to uh, go and subscribe to us if you've gotten a fruit based device and would like to uh, subscribe to us. You can get us on iTunes and leave us a review if you're uh, so inclined. It's uh, always nice to get nice feedback. So uh, that's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.